0: to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello and welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today is my first repeat on the show I am getting to share with you for the third time my friend now and one of my biggest teachers and mentors Gary Temple Bodley if you aren't familiar with Gary you can go back to episodes 31 and 79 so you can get his background and learn how Gary discovered his gift as a channel I have been taking his ascension course for almost a year now, and my life, when I look back this past year, has transformed to a point I never knew existed. Like I have said in the previous episodes, I am a seeker and always on the path to learn and grow and expand. I believe my inner self led me to Gary and Joshua, the group of non-physical entities that he channels. Gary was just this regular man living a pretty amazing life when one day he lost everything in his real estate career. He was searching to find a way to recreate his millions and found Abraham Hicks, like most of us do when we begin this path of expansion by learning the laws of the universe. Meditation led him to hearing Joshua and the beginning of these teachings began. I've met some of the most incredible people through Gary and I am ever so grateful for him and I know for sure we are eternally connected as are all of the Joshua students and really if you are guided to listening to this episode you are one of the seekers too even if you don't know it right now you will eventually and that is when life takes on a whole new meaning and outlook I am so excited for you. You are going to get so much magic from this episode, but first, if you haven't listened to his previous ones, I encourage you to go back and listen to those first. It will help you get a better understanding of this episode because we go deeper and we have both expanded from the last two. If so, if anything, it will be fun for you to hear the growth we experienced through the teachings of Joshua. Joshua. Before I bring this incredible man on, I want to remind you of a few things. Each month I am hosting a free masterclass from one of my guests on the show. This month is Shane Braverman. She is speaking about adolescent pressure and stress For parents of teens and tweens, it will be so fascinating, and she is incredible. Belinda Womack introduced me to her, so go back and listen to her episode, number 90. You will get an even better understanding of her background and what she teaches. She even does an incredible meditation that I had many of you reach out to me after listening to tell me that you even cried during it. She will be doing a guided meditation in the masterclass too. You don't want to miss it. Even if you can't get on, sign up anyways, so you will receive the recording so you can listen to it at a later date. And as always, go to my website, ashleygoner.com to learn about all of my courses and free stuff. I am so excited to say my Raising Confidence and Magic Path courses are already full for the summer. It's amazing for me to watch how these families find me and who is ready to take their lives to the next level. I love it so much. Nothing brings me more joy to watch these families come together and change the entire energy of their homes. That's when magic happens, and I love it. Okay, so let's bring Gary on and share where he has come since our latest episode. So please welcome Gary Bodley to the show for the third time, third, Hi. my first <laughs> repeat.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Hi, everyone.
0: <laughs> I'm sure his voice sounds familiar to most of you, but I, he had an inspired thought. And as we know that when we do have inspired thoughts, we act and we push past the fear. And he wanted to come on and talk about the latest Joshua material, which is something that has, as you all know, has changed my life. And our group just now, we just finished Joshua's call and he's probably like at a place of, we have to like energize Gary, but Gary is Gary today. And he is going to have this amazing conversation about all our new and exciting things we've been opening and discovering in this new life that we're living right now.
1: Well, all that stuff we talked about before, before we started We should always just record when we. I agree. You know, it was so good, (laughs) right?
0: It's like, and then I feel inauthentic. Want to repeat it because it's like I already know the answer, Gary. But we repeat it because we just said it.
1: Yeah. Well, we were talking about this weirdness that we have about offering our services for money, right? And it's funny because I was in real estate, and so you know when I would take get a listing Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or. Show a buyer, obviously, I'm getting paid. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing all sure. this
1: work. I'm definitely getting paid. And I was making so much money in real estate. It was really ridiculous. But when we we're offering something that we're really inspired to offer based in who we really are, the authentic version of ourselves, and we have this weirdness about it, like, am I overselling it? And you're talking about your classes, and I have my classes, and it's so funny, but we have to have that period of getting comfortable with it. Because that period of you know overcoming that fear and that doubt and that worry and that imposter syndrome that we all have. Right. That's all based on our programming that we've all, you know, believed that we're not perfect, we're not good enough, there's someone else better out there. Who are we to step into our authenticity and actually provide something of benefit to other people. And then also we have this expectation that they better get a benefit out of it too. Right.
0: Right. Because we want
1: to see that what we're doing is actually meaningful to someone. So we have all this, this ideal of how we should be and what this business should look like and what our services should be and how much it should be charged for and that how easy it should be. But really we're just on our journey of self-discovery and this is part of that process. Right. And the process is coming from inauthenticity to authenticity. Your podcast is so popular because you're so authentic. Mm -hmm. And you're pushing past fear at every step of the way to talk to new people and bring up new subjects that most people aren't comfortable believing. You know, that you are the creator of your reality, that you can be, have, and do anything that you want. That you have this programming that's been instilled in you that is not true. And those beliefs that are limiting are self-imposed and you can dissect those beliefs and prove that they're not true. And when you do that, you'll discover more about who you truly are. But who you truly are is sometimes a lot different than who you think you are and who other people think you are. (laughs) You know, Everyone has that fear. If I step out and become more authentic, then they're going to see me for who I truly am. But you can't see yourself for who you truly are until you start doing this. Right. That's a big disconnect, right?
0: But, you know, I think... Like at the beginning of the podcast, when I took the, you know, the action, pushed past the fear, had no clue of why I was supposed to do this podcast. No clue, zero. I just thought this would be fun. So here I go on this journey and, you know, it's kind of like writing a book because you can go back and look at all the stages of your growth and pushing past the fear of asking people and, but knowing that. You know i it is a passion it's becoming more of a passion each week, and I don't want to miss a week. I just had my hundredth episode, and you know it's like, gosh, I didn't miss a week you know when you look at life that way and you're like you're pushing past the fear, you're doing things that you know might have been uncomfortable five episodes ago, but now it's easy you know and i this has been such a learning experience at fifty three or in my fifties you know I know we talked about that one time it just flashed my head about how every seven years yeah you know and now I'm in that one seventh year of you know, growth of in my fifties,
1: right? Yeah. When I started channeling, it was the year I turned 50. So that was, you know, it goes from, you know, zero to seven, seven to 14, 14 to 21, 28, 35, 42, 49. And that 50 year you start something brand new. So for me, it was channeling. And then I get to the 56 and then 57 was a whole nother thing, a whole nother spurt of growth. Everything changed. The boot camp was started then, you know all these different things the podcast went you know skyrocketed after that. Mm-hmm. but it was like all starting over again. so now I'm also in the middle of that seven year period and and learning new things and discovering who I am all through it.
0: But do you ever go back to listen to any of your old Joshua podcasts?
1: I used to not listen to any of them and I was on a road trip and the girls were singing and listening to music I can't stand. And so I put my headphones on and the only thing that was downloaded in my phone was Joshua podcast. So I listened to him. And at first it's like, I don't want to listen to my own voice. No one likes their own voice. Right. Right. And then I go, oh my God, this is incredible stuff. I didn't even, you know, I don't really remember a lot of it coming through, I go, oh my God, this is so great. This is the best podcast ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I see why everybody loves it so much. I
1: know. (laughs) Well,
0: that's what I did. There's not one I haven't listened to, but I can't. It's hard for me to go back. I think it's more, yeah, it's your voice and listening to you. I can listen to it like the week it comes out just to hear the new episode. Mm -hmm. But I think I look at it like, oh my gosh, Ashley, that's where you were at. You know, it's a good thing because I've grown, Yeah. but you just listen to the the questions that I ask or even now, like, you know, for an example, time, okay. Like this concept of time, it is now, it doesn't exist. There is no time in yeah. the other question, like, like 20 episodes. I didn't have a clue. You know, yeah. I just, it's so funny. Tell me about your new revelation on, is this new for you when you talk about how time doesn't exist the way Joshua talks about it?
1: I had this experience that caused me to take a shift in that idea of time. And I had always believed, okay, so I have so much time to be awake and so much time to sleep. And then I'm, you know, eating or going to the gym or getting ready. That takes a lot of time. And so to do my work, I have so many hours and I can't do more than that. I'm, I'll get burned out or something. And then Joshua was saying, no, time's an illusion. You can do so much more than you think you can. Mm-hmm. and when you're doing something that you hate that's when it doesn't work because you're just it's draining and you're exhausted right. when you do something you love time flies by and you're full of energy today i had three calls the joshua live and now this i'm as energetic now as at any other time in the day
0: mm-hmm. and i could
1: probably do this another 3 or 4 hours if i wanted to when you realize that you have so much time and you just start agreeing to more things, only because you're in alignment and you, and you're passionate about it, and it's something you want to do. Without attachment to the outcome, you'll find you have all the energy you need to do it. It's mm-hmm. only when you're battling against what you do, when you're resisting it, when you think it's not adding up to anything or it's not, nothing you like to do. And that's an interesting distinction because everyone is where they are. And wherever they are is perfect for them. So even if you're in a job that you hate, you only hate it because you think it should be different than it is or that you should be different than you are. So you're resisting something in there, but the job is actually perfect for you where you are now because it's this perfect mirror of how you're seeing yourself. And so Joshua teaches people that if you can sit there and accept your job as it is, not settle for it, but accept, this is the perfect place, the perfect time. These are the perfect people. This is what I should be doing right now. And then lean into that and say, okay, since I'm here, I'm going to absolutely make the most of this. I'm going to do more than they're expecting me to do. I'm not going to care about how much I'm getting paid because I'm using that as resistance. I should be paid more. I wish I was paid more. So you're looking at it like a victim and you say, no, I'm going to lean into this experience and I'm going to see everything is right. And then what happens is you start to get inspiration. And things start to change because now you're behaving in a new way in the old reality. Mm -hmm. And this leads to new inspiration, new ideas. People notice things change. And then it moves you to where you truly want to be. But by seeing yourself as a victim, like I'm stuck in this job that I hate and you're resisting all the time, that's when you don't have any energy to do anything. Mm -hmm. Then you come home and you just lay on the couch and you watch TV and try to distract yourself from all these thoughts that are happening, all that resistance. And then you sleep a lot because you're in resistance, you know.
0: Right. No. So I'm in the relationships segment right now of the Ascension experience. So it's 10 months of this work. Yeah. So if you take away the word job that you were just talking about and put in relationships, I mean, it's, I mean, just listening to you talk about the job versus you know, people that have a relationship that they're the victim to, or, you know, it's not going good, or, you know, they're on the verge of a divorce and it's all perfect. And you lean in and you don't look at the other person as wrong or bad, that it's all a reflection of what's going on inside of you. But you have this different, so I have friends that are in this, relationship that have been on this journey with me too, that have been waiting for the relationship segment because they're, you know, single and trying to figure out, you know, they're like, what do you think Gar- Joshua's into this open relationships? You know, everything's perfect. What if your husband does, you know, things, everything's perfect. Go to that. What you think where we're at with this relationship.
1: Okay. Segment. So this is relationships with romantic relationships. Correct. And all these courses, are new to me too. So they're being channeled as we're doing them. They're not written in advance. Right. So I'm discovering them as we go along. And they're all a bit different than what we think they're going to be. Because essentially, this whole series of courses is to become a deliberate creator, which means that you deliberately create your life rather than haphazardly create it. Some things are good, some things are bad. So you have to get a perspective on every aspect of your life. And in this case, it's romantic relationships. And today what Joshua was saying is that you made pre-birth agreements with people to come into your life. And it could have been many people. So maybe your first boyfriends, then maybe your first marriage, that you had kids. And maybe the only reason that you got together with that person to have kids with is because you had an agreement to have these kids. Mm-hmm. But because our society is programming us to believe that you should stay married forever, the relationship isn't necessary anymore, but you're prolonging it just because society. And then in that is all the, well, if he was just different than he was, then I would be happy. right? But it all comes down to accepting this flow of your life and not needing to know anything other than how does it feel to me today? If he was different than he was, is just you saying that you're not getting what you need. And so a lot of people are trying to make these square pegs fit into round holes because if he was different, then I would get what I need. But actually all he's doing is doing whatever this pre-birth agreement was and being a reflection to how you're seeing yourself. You're seeing yourself as lacking something that you think that this marriage can, is supposed to provide you. We have expectations about marriage and everything. And Since he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing, or she's not doing what she's supposed to be doing, it's their fault that I'm not getting what I need. Right. So then you sink down into this consciousness of fear and urges to change conditions come up. And so the urge is to control him or argue or fight or tell him how he's not doing his role properly or she's not doing what she should be doing properly or using his behavior As proof that he doesn't love you or doesn't care about you or is not treating you how you should be. He didn't open the door for me. Therefore, he doesn't like me. He didn't didn't plan to have dinner on Friday night with me. Therefore, that's proof that he's not treating me as I should be treated. And so all that is, is his role in being the mirror to how you're seeing yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, just imagine if you could know that you already have everything you need that no one outside of you can make you feel anything that you're here only to express your love and acceptance to everyone else. That seems weird to love and accept someone else if they're being different than they are. Right. So that's what we call a conditional approach to life. I'll love you as long as you love me first, as long as everything's going good, I'll be happy. But if anything's going bad, I'm not going to be happy. You're how you feel is based on what's happening in this reality. And you're perceiving it from the lens of the victim who says that this is happening to me. That is the illusion. It's not true. Since you are the creator of your reality, everything is happening for you. If something happens in your reality, that causes you negative emotion, it's pointing out a limiting belief that you have. Your responsibility is to analyze that limiting belief, prove that it's not true. Mm -hmm. And and come back into alignment or come back into feeling good before you try to do anything. Because if you are feeling bad, you're just going to receive an urge to change the condition and that's causing separation. So separation is what we do not want. We do not want disconnection. We want more connection, more connection, more connection. We want to express our love more and more and more. But people say, well, if I just accept that behavior, he's never going to change. That too is the illusion. In fact, you can know for sure that if you try to change someone, it's mm-hmm. never going to work. Right. But if you try to accept someone, which is not conventional wisdom, mm-hmm. right, you'll notice that they
0: change. Totally. Oh my gosh. No, let me just interrupt you for a second. Yeah. So here I am with Richard. You know, we've been married. It'll be our 17th anniversary this next month. And, you know, I we probably talked, I mean, it's from because of Joshua, really, is is both him listening to it, me being involved with our this ascension group. And it's so funny because it's really like you and Tracy, I know it's like so neutral and it's beyond neutral. Like, and the girls tell people, my mom and dad never fight, I've never seen them fight. You know, I mean, it's not, it's been a progression, but I'm right. talking about the last year or so. Yeah. But he, the other day, he did something. And it was so funny. And I thought, okay, it's an interesting thing, Ashley. I don't react. I'm not changing him. He is doing exactly what he believes is true. And I let it go. And I was just, it was so funny because I had to go through that because I haven't had a moment where something kind of ruffled me. I had a little trigger there, (laughs) Mm. but I really didn't react. And I didn't even say a word. And it's not even that I have to prove myself right or you know, you're wrong and I'm right. No, that you don't have the right facts. (laughs) You know, there was nothing. And it's so freeing. And what you just said is, I'm not here to change him. I'm not here to fix something. I'm here to be and love and accept.
1: Right. And so imagine the opposite or the old approach, whereas he does something, it triggers a limiting belief. You dip down to the consciousness of fear. You bring up an urge to to change him. And so you say something. Whatever you say is going to trigger him.
0: Right.
1: So he's going to do the same thing dip down into consciousness of fear, bring him an urge and want to change you. So he's going to say something now and that's going to add to this conflict. And then it does the same thing. And it just keeps going, going, going until you huff and puff and go to sleep and wake up the next day. Right. And then start over again. Right. And all that's doing is separating you from him. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously what we came for is more connection and more love and more acceptance and all this, but it just goes against this dogma that's in society that you have to build fences or put up boundaries Mm -hmm. to make sure that no one triggers you. Right. We were just watching, it's a new show about the guy that started WeWork. Okay. And so he's this young guy, he's got this building, this huge company, and there's this culture within the company. And so the wife has a meeting with the women because they're feeling not respected or whatever. And she had said something that it's a wife's role to support her husband. She just said off the cuff to some reporter and got in the news. Right? Okay. And she was just talking in that general sense that, that her role, her role was to support him, but it came off this way. And so all the women are saying that you made me feel bad for saying that.
0: Oh, oh right? funny. And
1: she's like, it's not. And she's, it's funny because the, the character has this law of attraction sense about her. She's not presenting it so clearly, but she says, it's not up to me not to trigger you. It's up oh. to you to look at why you're being triggered. <laughs> and they didn't want any of that at all. They were, oh, like, they were wanting you to storm out and all this stuff too. But that's what society is like now is everyone's saying, everyone will agree with you when you're upset. And everyone will agree with you that you should act to, to control things. And you should right. do this because that's all they know. They're just living in, in fear. No one knows this unconditional approach to life which simply states that the conditions cannot make you feel anything, Mm -hmm. that you're always choosing how to judge or interpret what's happening. And if you're choosing it in a way that is not true, you're going to feel negative emotion.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And it's not the responsibility of the conditions to make you feel anything. It's your responsibility to choose how you feel in regards to those conditions. Right. Now, if you resist it and fight against it and control it, you're just going to, Suffer in that because it's not going to change, because these manifestation events will keep coming up to point out that you have limiting beliefs, which is so interesting. Because pe- when people start the ascension experience with the boot camp, the first couple of weeks is when we do limiting belief homework, mm-hmm. and so we have this manifestation event form as three pages, and everyone has all these manifestation events in the first three weeks, first two weeks. I mean, lots of them, and right. all kinds of stuff comes up.
0: I'm right there with you. <laughs>
1: But over time, they go away.
0: Right.
1: Now, why do they go away? Well, they go away because you're so good at, at perceiving the reality that they're not necessary anymore. Mm-hmm. And when things happen, like what happened with your husband, you're so good at saying, okay, hold it, hold it. I'm really aware of this. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that you've become more emotionally sensitive over?
0: Oh, Totally.
1: Doesn't that seem like that would be a negative side effect to all this?
0: Right. Yeah, wouldn't it?
1: Who wants to be more emotionally? But actually that's our superpower.
0: Mm-hmm. And it allows us
1: to really pay attention to what's going on and how we're feeling about things. Right. Yeah. I mean,
0: I think it's like learning about telepathy. You know, I I did my past life with Isabel a couple of few months ago. And learning the telepathy in my visual of my past lives and understanding, like, I I knew where Richard was. I knew where Paige was. I saw it. We spoke. I heard, you know, but understanding telepathy, even now with my dogs, like, you know, we're getting into that thing. I go, gosh, I have telepathy with my animals. You know, yeah. I, why can't I with people? Right. And that's, I just feel like that's where we're shifting into this. I mean, our new fourth, I've been reading the law of one. Have you ever read that? I think ooh. channeled with channel raw channels. Um, yeah, I think I have. Yeah. But he talks about the densities, like going from, yeah. we're in third density as a human, you know, dogs are on the verge from second to third and, right. and we're trying to move into fourth density. And right. that's where 2012 came where we like the Mayan calendar where the shift was yep. opening this earth to this fourth density. And then he always talks about the social uh, memory complex, which is Joshua. So in that way, the telepathy is this Joshua. Like when he's at the end, when you say, when Joshua says, we are Joshua, mm-hmm. you know, I've spoken with this with Jessica, you know, we are all Joshua. We are all part of the social memory complex. And you tell me your take, because I feel like we're all connected. When I hear all these people on this call, you know, in this group that we meet every every week, a few times you know, we're all growing at the same, we're all, you know, understanding each other. People ask questions that resonate with each other. We're, you know, this telepathy, it's like, oh, she, you know that someone's going to ask a question that every, like pretty much all of us are wanting to know. Like yeah. today's call was that way for me. I mean, they're always that way, but I was like, whoa. But go go there with that, with your thoughts on that. Okay,
1: so we'll talk about telepathy and then, and then 4D, 5D, whatever it is. So I had an experience where friends of ours were at a bar And it's tons of people there and she's pregnant, but they don't know the gender. And so they're talking about that. And all of a sudden my whole vision is all pink. Oh, wow. I said, it's a girl, right? And of course it was a girl. And that's where we're going with this telepathy. A lot of times, Tracy and I, we know exactly what we're thinking. Mm -hmm. And we, and we just had this thing, get out of my head, you know, right? it's natural Words aren't natural because I can say these words, but I have to choose certain words and every word means something different to a different person. Right. So we're all interpreting these words from our filter of beliefs. But telepathy is when I'm getting these thoughts from Joshua, which is telepathy, it is very clear. Hmm. I might have to stumble around for the right word, but I know exactly what they're saying. In fact, they could, when I talk to them on my own, these bursts of conversation are two minutes long and it's full, you know, it's like mm. an hour long conversation. I just get the whole thing right away.
0: Like when you're when, writing the emails? When when do when you I'm do that? When writing the
1: emails, that's me channeling them through the keyboard. So I have to pick out the right word. I get the information, but I have to translate it into words. But when it's just me on the back porch, looking at the sunset and they're communicating with me, I get the entire conversation in just a couple of minutes, maybe 30 seconds, you know, because you I don't it. have to filter it. I don't have to use words. I just have thought. Ah, okay. So thought is so much more powerful than the words because you'll have, I have to choose the words and you have to interpret the words. Then it gets into your thought. But if I can just communicate my thought directly to you mm-hmm. and everyone thinks, well, that's mind reading. What if they go in there and get some secrets out? I don't want that to happen. That's not, it's just, just like communication just like verbal communication, but you're doing it with thought. So you're directing what you want them to know and they're directing back to you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where we're going and I'm playing with that more. In fact, Christy has doing this game we're doing together where she wrote down this word and I'm meditating and trying to, she's thinking of the word and I'm meditating, trying to get the word. And the first word I got was scissors. And she goes, no, it's right next to a pair of scissors. Oh, funny. (laughs) Oh, I love it. And the next word I got was swimming. And she was thinking, am I swimming around in his brain right now? <laughs> you know, huh. I uh-huh. I got, but I haven't got the exact word.
0: That's so uh, cool. When I had Isabel's, that reading with her, at the end, she has you say, think of an object. And I'll bring next time we're together. You just say the word and I'll you'll be in this hypnosis state. And I said, a green clover. I don't know where it came from. I'm like, I'm not, it's not St. Patrick's day. I'm like, you know, I don't know where that came from. So we sit down and she goes, okay. Like thinking about the green clover, she looks down and it's, she goes, Ashley, she lifts up her rock. It would be like this gratitude rock, but it says it's a green clover. She's like, this is a stone. This, this rock was bought. Someone bought this for me, but you, it's almost, so I understand like I was with her. I saw that rock and I said green clover and yeah. it, we both were like, whoa,
1: it was so cool. The, the um, fourth density, or some people call it 5D, this is coming out of the illusion into more truth. Okay, so the illusion is everything that we believe, all the programming that we had in our youth, even good stuff and bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So the first words Joshua ever wrote was, everything is right. There is no wrong anywhere in the universe, which means that everything is neutral. There is no meaning in anything until you give it meaning. Right. Right. Because there's fear in this reality, we judge things, and that's called duality. So some things are good and bad. And this causes us to feel emotion. If something good happens, then we perceive that that good thing makes us feel good. So it's an association to that thing that's not true. We're only feeling good because we think it's good or we believe it's good. right? And we're only feeling bad because we think it's bad or believe it's bad. If we had no limiting beliefs, everything would be neutral and we'd exist at this very calm state without being reactionary to everything. So, the typical person is like this little dinghy in a choppy ocean. And so, the waves are coming and they're going up and down and up and down. And they believe the ocean is causing them to go up and down. Right. Their conditions, their reality. But it's really how they're perceiving it. Now, we're all. Highly emotionally sensitive. So all of us in the Joshua community and probably all of your listeners, you are more emotional than other people. And this is how you found the podcast. This is the only way you found any of the stuff. When that sensitivity gets even more intense, you have to be able to see out of the illusion. Because if you're stuck in the illusion, you're just going to be rocked by negative emotion. And so you see all the younger people, because younger people coming in are coming in more emotional sensitivity. They're Mm -hmm. having a hard time with this because they're very much triggered. And so all cancel cultures. And so if you think about Black Lives Matter and the Me Too movement, Mm -hmm. the core of that is equality.
0: Right.
1: Equality is perfectly aligned with who we are. It's based in love. This is where we're all moving towards. We're all moving towards equality. So when you see someone who is not being treated equally because you have this desire for equality, you feel negative emotion. You're Mm -hmm. enraged or upset. And so you receive an urge to change the condition. The condition is to cancel someone. This really amazing example was on the Oscars when Will Smith got up to Chris Rock. Yes. So if Chris Rock had said a joke about Will Smith, he is grounded enough in who he is that he wouldn't react to it. He might feel a little negative emotion or embarrassment or something, but he's not going to do anything. Now, he perceives himself to be the protector of Jada and isn't really seeing Jada for who she is. I mean, obviously we know Jada is absolutely spectacular and confident and she didn't get up and say anything. She didn't even, you know, she just rolled her eyes. But he needed to protect her. This was his limiting belief. So he gets up and slaps Chris Rock. So he's trying to cancel Chris Rock in that moment because he's being triggered. Later on, he goes on to apologize and say, that's not reflective of the man I want to be rather than saying that's not reflective of the man I am because he realizes that he wants to be that person that can sit there and be calm and not take it personally, realize it's just a joke and everyone's having fun and he doesn't need to protect anyone. Mm -hmm. But because it was a personal issue about her hair and her, her medical condition, he was triggered so much in that because he has fear around that as well. Right. right?
0: Yes. That's a great way to look at that.
1: Yeah. So all of us are becoming more emotionally sensitive. The kids coming in today are way more emotionally sensitive than we were. Our parents were less emotionally sensitive. Their parents were even less. This is the generation gap, you know, stop being a sissy, toughen up, you know, we can't handle war the way they could handle war before.
0: Right. Well, but you were just reading my mind about that because you know a lot of people are bringing up this war thing on our calls, you know, because it's yeah. in our life and on the news and everything. And you know, you see the Ukraine everywhere we go. The girls are like, "Mom, there's the Ukraine flag." And I said, "And we try, try to talk talk to them like Joshua talks to us about the war." So I'm opening up their mind because they're listening to you know everybody. I don't turn the news on, but talk about that because it's that's mm-hmm. been brought up a lot.
1: Right. Okay, so let's say a hundred years ago, it was common for another country to evade another country. Right. And no one thought two things about it. It took forever for America to get in World War II. It wasn't until Pearl Harbor, right, where they really were we really attacked. All this world war was going on for years before because it was just okay, that's what countries do. Fast forward now, it's not acceptable. Right. Everyone is lining up, everyone is unifying this mentality that you know maybe maybe the oligarchy and the at the top of the russian government mentality that we're this great country and we can go willy-nilly and invade other countries and they should just lay down for us because we're so great and that our forces are so superior well that's an ancient belief system Mm. now it's like we're all on this planet together you can have your own opinions if you want to and but we're not going to limit freedom because freedom is what's happening here, you know, and equality. And so this happens. The Ukrainian population, Joshua was talking about this, that a hundred years ago, the average Ukrainian wouldn't really care if they were in Ukraine or Russia, because it was basically the same sort of system. They didn't have any opportunity. They didn't have any freedom. It doesn't matter. Okay. Suddenly Ukraine has a period of freedom that most of the young population grew up with. This is all they know. And they know that they don't want to go into communism. They don't want to lose that freedom. So mm-hmm. they're going to fight to the bitter end to save that freedom. The war in Afghanistan was a bit different because it was a religious thing, you know. And so they were fighting for their religion. Their belief system was based on that religion. And seeing that the West was the was the lesser because they're not in that religion, though. Know? So they, they had this religious fight. So that was more of a fight based in fear. In this one, this willingness to defend your freedom, and, and then on the other side, the Russian troops who are trying to do something they don't believe in, right? You can see that the, those who are fighting for something they believe in, the truth, are so much more effective because mm-hmm. they're based in love. And the ones that are based in fear are just having a hard time of it. But there's this pocket of resistance that has to bubble up because generally the Russian people themselves have a history where Russia is this wonderful, great country, but they can now see how the rest of the world's living. Mm -hmm. So if... If their standard of living is up to par with the rest of the world, then they'll go ahead with and whatever the government's saying It's not optimal, but at least that they have a decent standard of living and all this stuff. Suddenly, that's been cut off. Hmm. And now they have this opportunity themselves. Are they going to push past their fear and maybe make some kind of change? But you could imagine that kind of fear is intense when you can just be sent off to a labor camp for the rest of your life. But but that whole consciousness now of freedom is showing up as an example for everyone. We are going to support the people who are fighting for freedom. The people who are fighting for freedom are incredibly doing well, or the small little force that they have is competing pretty well against this massive force. Mm -hmm. And with all the sanctions, the typical Russian person is going to have to rethink their idea so all of this is causing this massive change in beliefs in that area. I don't know about you, but in my podcast, you can tell where everyone is listening. Yeah. So I can. America is 70%. Mm-hmm. Then it's Canada,
0: mm-hmm. UK, yeah.
1: Australia. Yeah, Then it's the, uh, you know, Norway and Sweden and that sort of thing. And then it's France, which mm-hmm. is a lot, which is crazy because it's, they don't speak English. So there's a lot of French, but there's almost none in Italy and almost none in Eastern Europe and none in Russia. Right. There is a bunch in the uh, Emirates and Saudi Arabia and things like that, which is interesting. And there's a lot in South South America, but it's, but that Eastern European block has a different mental Mm -hmm. construct. And that's, Changing Because they have access to the internet and they're seeing how other people live. And as Poland, you know, turned from a communist country into a very prosperous Western country, it's affecting all the other Eastern European countries around there. So their belief system that's been, you know, brought down through the generations of such strict thinking about who they are is now opening up and it's ready for a great change. So that's all this is, is. Great change all
0: Yeah, but to look at it, you know, to get people to understand that that's where this is all perfect. It's all supposed to be this way. You know, it's sad when you hear the stories, but, you know, when we come from this mindset of understanding that this is for the highest good of all, this is what we're supposed to have. This is what, what?
1: Yeah, (laughs) a difficult problem is everyone thinks death is a bad thing. Right. You know, and Joshua had said recently that, no one has ever experienced death. There's right. no, not even such a thing as a near as a death experience. No one's ever died. You mm-hmm. just transition from one, one focus to another focus, but we don't know that. So we've been taught to do whatever you can not to die. And if you look at the medical profession, that's their only thing. Don't let people die. Right. So when the p- pandemic happens, this is, overreaction that some people might die and we got to stop everyone from dying. So let's, let's enact these procedures to mitigate people dying, but the overreaction or the urge to control conditions also has an effect that is not wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. So people tend to in fear, make decisions that aren't optimal.
0: Right. When, you in know. the early days of Gary, were you afraid of death?
1: Yeah, definitely. And now I'm not at all. Yeah, I'm not either.
0: I think having kids puts a little different level on my, like, I've been really connected with Dominic, you know, Dominic Zenden. I just, Uh for some reason, I think we've been in a past life or something because I have a connection with him. And he always says, when your kids are gone, every something better will happen. Just trust me. But I've had, like, they're getting to their, you know, teenage years where, you know, that's ending. And, you know, I used to think I have to be with them and if I ever die and, and now it's like, if I die, that's supposed, that's what was my plan. Yeah. You know, and it's like such a freeing feeling to know that, you know, you hear these stories and, and I know, I mean, how many people, what do you think the percentage of people that, that could be on a Joshua call that really got it in, out of 8 million people in this planet would get it?
1: I don't know. A couple hundred. (laughs) <laughs> <Not Right? many.
0: laughs> no, like where you think of going from, like in the book I was telling you, the Law of One, talking about this transition from this third density to the fourth density, and where we're going. But it feels like we're so far from, getting, you know, is it? Are we going to put on the speed soon? Are we going to like? Are we? Are we ever going to see a little bit of the shift in our lifetime here?
1: Yes, we're like the fish in the ocean. And we can't tell that the tides are rising,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, but we're, those of us who are listening to this and interested in law of attraction, these things, we're thinking in a brand new way. So this shift from 3D to 4D or fourth dimension or whatever it is, density, is a shift in belief structure. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. I had this, Joshua was telling me the other day. Think about enlightenment like this have you ever water skied before
0: right yeah
1: so your first time water skiing you know you've seen other people do it you know you can do it people right. tell you okay lean back and you're going to be pulled and just right. pop out right so that's enlightenment except that you have no examples of anyone else water skiing oh, you're doing a, good. you have no way to know that you're actually going to pop out or not right. but your head's above water
0: mm-hmm
1: Right, Everyone else's head's under the water. So those of us with the head above the water doing this weird thing behind a boat that we're inspired to do, that's when we're going to pop out. And the popping out will be the sudden realization that all that fear was just programming. That's right. all it was. So imagine that you went to your school that you did and your community that you lived in and your parents that you had. And those all of those people lived in fear. And all of them wanted you to live the certain life to have a better life than they did. But their better life was based in this ideal that was based in fear. So they're directing you towards this life they want you to have. And mm-hmm. as long as you're getting good grades and doing, being a good girl and all that stuff, they're happy. But the minute you do something that triggers their limiting belief, they're going to change you. Now imagine living in a completely different place that doesn't exist yet, where you're in a school and they're telling you that you're belief systems create your perception of reality, which is your perception of yourself, which is your vibration. If you see yourself from a limited perspective, if you're living in fear, if you think things are wrong and bad, you're going to attract a reality based on that vibration. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You're perceiving yourself as a victim, so your reality has to show you what you're perceiving yourself as. And then manifestation events happen and give you an opportunity to uncover limiting beliefs. But Unless you have an example of that, how do you know? Right. So here Joshua comes in and shares this technology to process limiting beliefs, and then you start to pop your head out of the, out of the water and start to see things. Now, now imagine being taught that when you're two years old, mm-hmm. and then being told that nothing is good or bad, that everything's based on your perspective, and that when you're upset, you're going to be in a stream of consciousness of fear and get urges to change conditions. And you're here on a journey of self-discovery, and that you're perfect as you are, that you don't need to be different than you are, that everyone accepts you and loves you as you are, that you don't have to behave in a different way for them to do it, right? That they're going to be triggered by your behavior, but they're going to look at it from a higher perspective, and they're going to wait until they come into alignment before they offer any assistance. And everyone in the entire society helps everyone else move from fear to love you would think differently about yourself.
0: Yes. Okay. That is right. how I have tears in my eyes because that is what I've done for my girls. Yeah. And that is what I see. I see the fruit of my labor at 13 and 15. And it just, when you started to talk and you're describing that reality, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's their reality. That's but they are. They're in a school of people that don't think that way. So it's a constant, Mom, like understanding, but now that they're at this stage of the game, since they were, they could talk and listen to me, I see the progression. And now we're like a teenager and people are like, oh, teenagers. Oh my. I said, no, it's a beautiful, we, this is like the, I'm in heaven with these girls yeah. and they are like in heaven. Cause we have these conversations all the, I mean, we're in the car most of the time because I'm, you know, in my mom Uber job, but <laughs> we're always talking and that's the perfect place to have these conversations because we're so focused. But I will never take this time as just to hear them talk like you just did. That's what gave me tears is because they are living that and it's yeah. amazing.
1: And now they're going to raise their children differently. Yes. So if you think about all the beliefs of your family from 500 years ago, up to this point where you changed it Mm -hmm. consciously. And you had to do it by trusting that there was another way, but also going out on a limb. It's like in the bootcamp, it says that imagine people hunting and gathering for generations for it. That's all they knew. And here are people saying, no, you can come and farm and cultivate the land, raise crops. They're like, well, we eat every day. How can we? have faith that in six months, this is going to grow food.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is the same thing with parenting or with anything else.
0: Right?
1: You operate in a new approach, in an unconditional approach, differently than you ever operated. today, having faith that in six months or whenever, you're going to see the benefits of this new approach. But because you have been hunting and gathering for so long,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's not that the results aren't already there instantly is that it will take you six months to see them yes. because you'll have to, you'll have to go through this process of change.
0: Right. Like being pregnant. I always say like, you know, when you're, you can't just have the baby, you gotta have the pregnant, you know, it's like this process, Yeah. but you know, i look at how, when I look at from the higher perspective of my life and look at, you know, how I was raised and our, you know, soul contract with my parents thinking, okay, this is what we're going to do. You're going to learn this. You're going to have missed all of this in your life. But when you get to in your late thirties and you finally are ready to have children, all those things that you were missing is now you want that. It's just like, it was, I'm going to make this happen because I know what I needed and I didn't have it at all. But now it's like, I know our, just love looking at putting the pieces together and why that happened. And there's no, accidents, everything was for purpose. You know, I know we have free will and we can go out the why in the road and come back. But, and I look at how, even at you look at your life, you know, like everyone's life, just having that perspective of it is perfect. And it, this was why I love my childhood. Cause I look at it now, look what i got to give this gift to my children, yeah. you know, and that they came in to teach me. I mean, they're my biggest teachers, but like these children that come into your life and You can empower them to change your DNA or whatever. I don't know if that's what you call it. I think
1: it's your DNA. Yeah. I came to this. So I've been doing this work for almost, well, I was in to Abraham for a while. So say 2010. So in 2021, I finally realized that my life has always been perfect. Mm. That was the perfect life for me. Now, I'm not saying that it was good. I'm saying perfect.
0: Oh, cool. I love you know? that. Yes.
1: And I it came to this realization. I had this experience when I'm six years old. My mom walks us to the grocery store like we normally do. I'm six, maybe five. My brother's in a carriage. He's two or three. Mm-hmm. And I get lost in the grocery store. Look around for a can finder, camp finder. Finally go to the manager go up to the office, he's going through the PA system, calling her, looking at the security cameras and everything. And half an hour goes by and he's like, I'm sorry, kid, I can't find your mom. And I'm like, okay, I'll just go home. And he's like, he's fine with that. Oh, funny. <laughs> I'm kind of like a five-year-old to go home. <laughs> oh, so I'm walking, I'm walking. I'm not really sure where I'm going. I'm not. And then I see my mom up ahead, walking away towards the house. Like she left the grocery store and she's walking towards the house. Now I have no idea what she was doing. She's probably frantically looking for me and finally gave up. But anyway, I see her and then run over to her and then she's mad at me.
0: Oh, funny. Right. And
1: I'm like, this is proof that I'm not loved. Now, I carried this with me my whole life until a year ago. Right. This is proof I'm not loved. And what happened is six years later, my parents would get divorced and she would leave. Without that experience, I would have been devastated had she left. But actually ah. I was relieved that she left. Right. Huh. And when she left, I had all this freedom and I had this incredible childhood. My dad was dating at night, so I had amazing freedom. I could do anything, live oh, in funny. Sandy, it was fantastic. And then that led to all this other stuff that I was interested in and being confident. And, and it was really for I it had to be that way.
0: Right. And
1: that event had to happen for me to be okay with her leaving. Right. So once I piece those two, then I could look at every single thing in my life. And goes, yeah, that had to happen yes. for me to be here now.
0: I love that. I was having a conversation with a mom yesterday. I, I was telling you that earlier, but, you know, it's people's victim, you know, the victim mind. And then I watched her portraying the victim onto her children. And I'm trying to explain to her that everything is perfect. Even like with when it's so going back to parenting or even like grades, you know, like talking about you know, your kids are failing. And her kids were, you know, doing really bad in school because of the trauma at home. And, you know, she kept going layering, layering, layering. And so I'm like, you know, how many of the people in this world live that way? And I look at the girls so funny, like in this new approach to life, like their grades. Well, if you're getting a C in math, I wonder why, what is it teaching you? You know, instead of, you know, Richard's learning to Kind of feed off of my because he's not there, but you know I think that new approach my our life this vi, this uh, vision of our life when I mean, you're teaching kids instead of they're so bad and wrong, and getting a C is just going to ruin your life. Instead, what is it for? Like, what are you learning from that? Why do you think that's perfect? Yeah, we have those conversations.
1: So imagine having a parent who isn't trying to control you or call you stupid or smart because calling someone smart is just as bad as calling someone right. stupid, you know, it's still a form of control <laughs> and just being all right, how is this for you? Right. And they're like, math sucks. <laughs> right. You're like, well, maybe you think so now, but maybe this whole, your interaction with the teacher or how you feel about yourself in this class or in this subject, is teaching you something about a belief system that you have, you know? Right. And is that belief system empowering or not? It doesn't right. know if it's true. You could say, I'm bad at math. That's a limiting belief and it's going to limit you from being a wizard math.
0: Right. Which
1: is natural if you would let it come through. But what it's probably saying is right now, you don't see a need for it. You don't have any interest in it and they're forcing it on you. And you're just getting your way through it, but you're not excited about it. And so maybe you're learning that, until you're excited about something, it's difficult to learn.
0: Right. Yeah. Just, but it's, isn't that, it's just so fun having that as a mom. It's so, there's never any, it's, you know, we were talking about being calm, how important calm, calm is. It is so important. And, you know, to have that, just that even that energy in the house of that calmness, it just creates such a beautiful experience and love and, you know, you just realize. You know, I tell the girls it's only that's only about love. Yeah. That's the only thing that matters.
1: And don't they like being home?
0: Yeah. Oh, they love being home. They they're I didn't like home. being home when I was a kid, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> and you know, you think of, you know, especially at their age where they have, you know, it's always about friends. Well, there's not a lot of friends that they can con- they connect with. It's so funny, but. Huh. It's that's it's not really in our life. It's they have you know pages on the crew team and has formed good friends you know on a on a boat because you're a team and it's such as she's learning this fun experience with these girls and so that's been a great experience. But for the most part, we're home.
1: Yeah, that's where calm is, and everyone wants to be there. Right. That whole idea of calm is that's new. That's newer. Yeah, I know. Because we all thought that oh, we're going to feel exhilarated and excited. And that's really the sort of this fake law of attraction stuff that I just realized recently.
0: Oh, yes. What we want to
1: do is be calm.
0: Perfect. I love that. Yes.
1: They were doing a spirituality conference somewhere, California or Vegas or something. And so there was this news crew going through and it's all these people with rainbows and they're dancing and they're hitting drums and stuff. No funny. It's not, I mean, that's fun to get to that level but when you go past that really it is calm and centered and balanced and harmonious and and ease all that stuff is what we really want
0: right it's so true and that's when i always say the magic the magic happens at the calm level at the place where you think you know it's like, get in the vibration, get, you know, it's really about, you know, I get that. That's so funny because it's not like jump on the trampoline and, j- you know, say you're excited and, you know, get excited, excited. You know, you learn all that. Yeah. And then it's like, once you realize, I guess authenticity comes to my mind, like authenticity is that calm space, you know, where you just are like at this in alignment.
1: <laughs> you just feel good.
0: Yeah. You don't have yeah. to go in a parade and wave the, the flags.
1: Right. So Dean channels her grandfather, Walter. Okay. Walter came up with this phrase zero choice point. And then Joshua repeated the phrase too zero choice point. Huh. So that zero choice point is a state where it's in the moment, calm, ease, harmony, balance, and no attachment to anything outside of you, no conditions. Right. No oscillation is right in the center, and all the magic happens there. Mm-hmm. That's when you receive mm-hmm. true inspiration.
0: Huh. Would you ever want to teach channeling?
1: That's what the boot camp is, really.
0: Okay.
1: A good percentage of the people, because what you're doing is you're doing the daily spiritual practice and the manifestation event form in writing on page. And eventually that writing turns into you're channeling your inner self. Mm-hmm. That's why More journaling so, and a lot of free writing is a form of channeling too.
0: Right.
1: So from that, you saw Krista today, people are getting guides and supporters. And in the early days, we did this thing called the one-on-one and there were 20 people in it and then it ended. One of the 20 people is Astrid Halverson. She's from Norway. And With
0: really short hair? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I remember watching that. So she was in the one-on-one for two years. So it took her two years to change her mental construct that I'm not a channel to, I am a channel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, was, it was a battle every step of the way. Now she's probably the, my most favorite channel of all huh. of them. She's amazing. Amazing.
0: So you mean like Jackie and Krista
1: and. Jackie, Crystal. Krista, Undine, Christy. All the people, Peter, we Peter. had a conversation Peter. I was listening to
0: that the other day.
1: Because it's natural. We all do it. Right. When we're having a conversation like this, we're channeling. Right. Thoughts are coming to us and we're saying these words and this direction is flowing mm-hmm. easily because we're we're getting a stream of thought. We just don't right. call it channeling.
0: Right. Because I know that when I do, I can see a difference in my interviewing or podcasting or even my coaching. So there's no plan. I just know that it's just coming through me and even in my writing. And I didn't know that about the boot camp cuz I was in the I've been in the ascension experience. So you don't, I mean, I do all the writings. Do yeah, you feel like thing. the boot camp is more intense?
1: Nope, it's the same. The ascension experience is more intense. Okay. Most people so we did this thing where the boot camp went for so long and then the ascension experience came. Right. So, a lot of people who went in the ascension experience were previous boot camp people. Right. So, I wasn't sure but you're in the very first group of the Ascension. You've gone all the way through here. Yes. So I was never sure what it was going to be like, what was going to happen. But the Ascension experience, because of the plots, is more intense because there's something to do almost every day.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I. it's like a if I could explain to anybody, like the way you explain it even at the beginning to tell the people that don't know anything about it, like if you could you know, talk to anybody that's gone through it. It's just, their life has changed in a complete 360. You don't even realize, but I always look at a channel being, trying to learn it. But I see, like, I can see little bits of my, it's growing, it's expanding. I can read things in people, like when I'm talking to people, I know exactly what they're thinking. And it's kind of fun to be, like in my Pilates class before I came here, I was sitting there, I just kind of observe. Now, and now I'm even looking for auras, you know, (laughs) try to teach me how to look for the auras and it's just a different life. And I, you know, I just owe it to my, my soul guided me to listen to Joshua and lead me to on this journey. You know, I I was talking to some people yesterday that are in this class that I've attracted through my podcast and are thanking me and saying my relationships with my family are different. I don't have triggers. We don't have fights anymore. Or if we do, or they want to, I can't. The way I look at the war is different. The way my relationship with my husband is different. You know, it's like, that's a common theme. I hear friends say, gosh, Ashley, you got cousin Kim started in it. Now at our family, she's not even the same person. It's just so, thank you. <laughs> you know, you just don't know how you touch people when you start listening to their lives changing from this work.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because I was talking to someone earlier today about the boot camp and the ascension spirits. And I I said if you could remove all stress, have deeper connections with all your relationships, have better health, feel better, and open yourself up to more abundance and freedom. Would you believe that's possible
0: mm-hmm.
1: by doing a series of courses and she's like no <laughs> that's not possible she did and i said but what if it was you know what right. if that was possible and i was like wouldn't you be curious to do it and i was like yeah of course you would you know because that's all there is stress and your own limitations around how you're perceiving your relationships your health your finances your freedom all that right. stuff so when this first book was written did you read this yet yes the audio book is coming out with Jackie doing that audio book. Oh, so that's good. Fun. She's amazing. Oh, good. So anyway, the book's called A Perception of Reality. And I'm, you know, into law of attraction at the time, but when it's coming through, it's sort of gibberish. I'm just getting new to this channeling thing. But I'm looking at this cover and I'm like going, I hope you're not going to tell us that the key to all of this is how you choose to perceive your reality. Oh, <laughs> I want actual change. Right. You know, I want to change these conditions to feel better. And they're like, just keep going. Just keep oh, going. You'll it. see. It'll come to you at some point. You'll see. And now it's obviously you choose your perception of every single thing in your reality in every moment of your life. And that's what creates your reality.
0: Yes. And
1: that's your free will, how you choose it. Right? right. And so you practice choosing to see it as a creator. You get a new reality. You practice choosing to see it as a victim. You get that reality. Yeah.
0: You it's know, I think you if,
1: to perceive it.
0: it's the, the Roshna with the raccoons in the yard and, you know, that, or the, the weeds yep. the perception, like, look at the weeds, love the weeds. That's how you look at them. And then all of a sudden they're gone. Just they're like, gone. yeah. But it's because, like the perception.
1: Yeah. Another thing was um, Steven had this, peach trees in his backyard Mm -hmm. and the deer would come and eat them. And he was so mad at the deer. Right. How funny. So Josh was saying, well, look at the beauty of the deer. You really, would you really trade that for some peaches? You can always go down and buy peaches, you know, but they're my peaches. Josh was like, are they really your peaches? Do you really own anything? You know, but here you get these beautiful animals coming to be in your backyard, but instead he puts up a fence, so now his view is a fence rather than <laughs> oh, nature, funny. which was behind it before. Oh, so this is the things we do, which we don't even understand why we're doing.
0: Them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, it's been so fun. It's been an hour. I appreciate you talking. It went by so fast as always. Awesome. Uh, what, so fun to be
1: here. Oh, it's so, so fun, fun. to connect. I know. I love, I love
0: it. it. I mean, it's every, like every couple months we come back to see where we're at with Joshua and the our lives. and. Who's added to our tribe? You yeah, know? it's always you know fun to see that.
1: We're having a big event in October. We just booked it, which will be here in the Joshua House in North Carolina. Oh, fun! And so you guys should all come.
0: Okay, we will. That'd be great. Fun, so fun, Gary. Thank you. Thank you. We'll do it again soon. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today.